I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, hey, I'm Ricky Bobby. And I'm Cal Naughton Jr. Let's talk about kids on leashes. This is Dirt and Sprague. Fire Safety Week is right around the corner. And here are a few important tips you might want to listen to. Wrapping your kids in newspaper at bedtime sounds like a good idea. Keeps them warm. But guess what? That stuff's flammable. With Andy Dirt Johnson. Hey, we've all run around with an empty milk jug full of gasoline and lit it in an open field. But make sure there's a parent close by. And Brendan Sprague. What's better than a nap? A nap with a cigarette. I know. I do it. If you're going to sleep in bed, make it a hammock. So if it lights on fire, you fall down and wake up. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Fire safety begins in your brain at home. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague with you. Uh, many of you know, and maybe some of you don't, uh, we've moved buildings. We're now in northwest Portland. We're right under the 405 bridge. And Shout out to the poop that was in front of our front door on Friday. That was cool. Human feces. Sometimes there's a human there instead of human feces. Yeah. So, you know, that happens. He just left us a little present. I was like, what's that? Oh, yeah, there we go. Bum poop. Uh, we have noted that we, we I, I accumulated three parking tickets parking in our own parking lot where I was told parking was free. I think in total it accounted about 200 some dollars. Yeah. And uh, we recently got that resolved. Well, uh, you guys can kick it out of this. Nobody sent an email, I guess, to anybody. I guess the emails were only sent to like six people, and yes. then those six people don't tell anybody, or emails are just not mass sent to everybody that comes to this building. It's not like we're here every morning parked from, you know, about 5.30, yeah. 5.40 till 9.30, you know? There, there's a, we are in the communication business. We, yeah, we are, but, yeah. But, like, there's no communication. Yes. None. Yes. Ironic. The irony. There's a sponsor of a segment that I'm not sure is sponsoring the segment anymore, and we just keep playing it. I'm like, uh, I don't think they're sponsoring anymore, and we just keep reading it because we haven't changed the open. That's called free advertising. That's called <laughs> losing money, actually. Um, but we just were told during the break by Terry Boyd of KGON fame, he goes, hey, if you guys are parked in front of the building, you might want to move it now. And this is like 45 seconds before <laughs> Swag's update, which means they got a minute. We don't have time. And he goes, they're moving a big crane. And you're you're going to be blocked in for hours for hours, and so now we have about ten minutes of this segment, and I'm thinking, am I going to go out there? And my car is blocked, and what am I going to do? Just sit around the office all day, man. And we tell Swag, hey, how much time do we have? They're br- they're bringing in a big crane, and Swag goes, oh, I thought they weren't bringing that in till eight, and I just thought nobody told me at all. <laughs> a crane was coming in. Would have been nice if we knew there was a different part of the parking lot we were supposed to park in, so we you know could go home after yeah. work. Why are we not told about this? <laughs> I don't know. McGinley told me when I walked into the uh, kitchen to get more coffee. That's the first time I found out about it. 
like five minutes before you. Okay. Well, I'm not going to waste too much time. I just I thought it I thought it was I I thought it was I funny. Know. I thought I would share uh, that awful parking. Yeah, store. they're uh, they're putting up uh, satellite dishes on our uh, on our roof today. Look at us. We're making progress. Hey, I heard our studio might be done in two weeks. It's getting close. Two weeks. Two Halloween. weeks. Two weeks. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's dive back into it more. I know it wasn't the biggest story, and it's probably the most irrelevant game was the Cal-Colorado thing, or just the result. I, I thought I was sure Colorado was not yeah. winning a game, and then the 2000 Huskies, overtime. The 2007 Huskies popped the champagne bottles because they remain the, <laughs> the only one. Do they, what's the reverse of popping a champagne Didn't bottle? Didn't Stanford go over? I don't think so. Win. How long ago was that? I mean, I'm sure there's been, maybe Oregon well, State. Well, Oregon has a year State's had offers. I know that. But like, we're talking modern history. <laughs> like, I'm not counting something from 1947. Okay. Oh, this might have been 19 like 80. Uh, let's 90. see, 1947 to 1960. You have winless seasons for Stanford. Okay, so I'm not. Counting that doesn't that. count. Yeah, in the modern count. era, it's UW. It's UW. And I'll I'll throw this at you. I think UW fans should lean into it. You know what? You're damn right. We're the last ones to go 0 12. Hey, they bounced back. They didn't cover the spread, but they won. Their offense was firing like we thought they would against Arizona. I'll say this too: like somebody, one of our P one said, the reason, uh, or, or, you know, he Oregon didn't want Wilcox was because he's not a great recruiter. And I responded to that like there is a real vibe around him, and I don't know where his future is going to go. But there's like a Mike Riley thing with him. Like we said this for years with Mike Riley. Like oh, he just if you just gave him better infrastructure and more money and better facilities and a bigger program. I mean, he's he's a great coach. You just got to give him a bigger place to go win. And he was at Nebraska for three years, and he had one winning season. Now, was that totally fair? I don't know, but the recruiting wasn't great. The coaching wasn't great, and the success wasn't great. And so that's how it works at bigger institutions. There's that vibe around Wilcox. I remember in the offseason when his name was connected to Oregon, it's like what he would do with Oregon's resources. Yeah, that's not always a guarantee because we've seen a lot of guys that have gone from smaller schools that have won where there's not a lot of pressure and hasn't translated to bigger jobs. No, that I mean, that's true. I don't I don't I don't know how to gauge some of that stuff, man. Like, I think he's a good coach. Is he great? No, no. There's only so many. How do you lose to Colorado? That's the tough part with it. I get the Cal does not have national championship talent on their team. Colorado's one of the worst college football teams I have ever seen. No, they they are. I mean, but that loss, I mean, that loss, I'll tell you right now, we're getting to Oregon State, Washington State here. We play the schedule game all the time, and it's probably the dumbest thing you can do in that sport is play the schedule game. Win, win, loss, loss, and then, oh, this team plays better than you think one week. I'm looking at Oregon State. They win that game against uh, Washington State on Saturday. They'll play Colorado this weekend and then go into their bye. They should be going into the bye 6-2. and two. Yep. I will assume that's what they will be. They I'm will. not even looking at this Colorado game as a real threat. They will beat Colorado. And now I'm looking at Cal coming to your stadium – and I'm saying the same thing. Should be an easy win. Yeah. Should, should be a win. There's two right there. Yeah. Sure. Your seven wins right there. ASU, I don't know. Maybe ASU will play well. Maybe they won't. But there could be eight. And, you know, Oregon is, is going to be a coin flip for everybody, not an Oregon Duck fan, because, well, it's a rivalry and it's in Reeser. And so I just, I, I think games like that this weekend help you feel better about your team's chances moving forward if you have a team like that. On the schedule. That was my big takeaway from that game. Uh, I want to talk about the USC-Utah stuff at some point, but let's talk the Oregon State-Wazoo game, unless you got any more thoughts on the Cal situation. No, I got nothing else on that game. I I think you've learned about the Pac-12. There's four teams that are probably at the top in Group A, if you will. UCLA, Oregon, USC, Utah. I think you have a Group B that is, at this point, I would say Oregon State, Washington State, and Washington. 
I don't really know if I feel comfortable putting anybody else in there. Do we feel comfortable? Okay, I want to ask you this. This okay. I guess so we can get into it. Group B might not be that big. Um, you know, I, I, I think the four you had were right. I think you nailed that. Those are the teams. One of those four teams will win the conference. Absolutely. I, yeah, you can't bet against that. I don't that see OSU. Point. They already no. got two conference losses. No. Washington's already got a couple conference losses. No. Not happening. I don't disagree with that. The, the, the B category, I, I'm, being at, I'm being serious when I ask this. Are, are we sure Washington State's in that category? I do. I do I'm, I'm not going to do that to Wazoo quite yet. I want to see where they go okay. from here. It wasn't great on Saturday night. We talked a lot about that game. I think it was funny. By the time Friday came around, I had changed the way that I'd felt about it all week because I think it, it started to dawn on me. One, Washington State's had a really tough schedule. Two of their three losses were to teams in the A category, if you will, one of which they should have beat. They should have beaten Oregon. They let that game slip away late. But they, they didn't. They yeah, didn't finish they it. That's the way it works. Yep. They were toe-to-toe with USC for three and a half quarters, basically, until USC finally pulled away. And by the way, we'll get to the USC-Utah thing. USC got the benefit of every call in that game as well. So they weren't helped by the well, they, USC's had a few games. They've, They've had a couple of games, of right? Calls, so yeah. Wazoo was right there knocking on the door. And then it's like, all right, got to go to Los Angeles and play USC and put all your eggs in this big upset basket. You fall just short. Now you got to fly up to Corvallis, or down, I guess, and play a road game back-to-back weeks against a team that just had a huge injection of life back into their program based on the way that they beat Stanford. I just That was a tough scheduling conflict for me. Now, maybe things go off the rail for Wazoo because they didn't look great offensively again this weekend, and there were clips of Dickard and Cam Ward yelling at each other on the sideline. Like, There's clearly some frustration and some angst going on with what they're doing offensively. Uh, and their next game, by the way, they got a bye week, and then they play Utah. So the schedule's not going to get any easier. I don't, I'm not picking them to win that game. No, I'm not either. They do get them at home. But then the end of the stretch is he, like, they go Stanford, Arizona State, Arizona, and then you get the Apple Cup, obviously. And those, to me, are winnable games for them. Will they win them? I don't know. I'm not going to the one bad performance. I'm not going to throw them out of that category yet. The only thing I would push back on is, to me, it's not one bad. I, I, I don't even know if you'd say bad, but their offense was pretty awful at USC. They've had multiple weeks now, and even the Wisconsin game, and Wisconsin doesn't look like a great win now, it, they scored 17 points and won that game. So I, I think the thing for Wazoo is I like the defense. I think Dickert is a fine coach so far. But this Cam Ward thing, I mean, I when you heard Cam Ward's name in the summer, what did you see in your brain? Because I don't know about you, I saw a guy flinging the rock all over the field. That's the way it felt like it was being sold to us. Well, and he threw it 54 times. He just wasn't very He's not very good throwing the football. Yeah. He's, he's really good escaping the pass rush and extending plays, but he doesn't make great decisions. He's not very accurate. So, I, I, I don't know. It's, he and he's young. Like, he can grow from this. It doesn't have to be the write-off of Cam Moore, but you talk about playing bad this week. It, I, again, I thought they played bad offensively the week prior. Like, their offense is is bringing them down. They've had a reversal of identity at that program, and that offense is now worse than their defense. <laughs> it's funny to see Washington and Washington State totally change roles. Completely flip, Just right? completely flip. Here's what I will say, though, and I think you need to give a little credit to your team. Oregon State's a good team. They are a good they, team. They played a dud against Stanford. They're very close with quarterback play of being in that group A because Without I think a good quarterback, they could beat Utah, to be honest with you. No doubt about it. And you can play the schedule game either way with Oregon State, right? They probably should have beaten USC. They had control that entire game, and they let it slip late. But at the same token, they should have lost to Stanford. They had no business winning that game. 100%. So the wins and losses can go either way. Right. But what do we know about Oregon State? I think we slightly forgot it last week because we allow ourselves in the emotional roller coaster of a season to get caught up in the most recent thing that we saw. 
We forgot after last weekend how dominant this Oregon State defense can be and what they did to Caleb Williams and what they did, hell, to Utah, who just put up how many points and how many yards on USC. They outgained Utah in that game. And I know part of that was a product of the score and the way the game was evolving and Utah was conservative because they led basically throughout. This is a damn good Oregon State defense. It is. And I think they reminded everybody, like, ah, that's – that's right. If we limit the turnovers, go Branson through the one bad pick when he was under pressure. Jeez. You run the football over 200 yards total as a team, and that was with a little bit of sack yardage, mm-hmm. and you play good defense, you're going to win a lot of games in this conference because everybody outside of the top four, I truly feel like, is slightly jumbled together. Cal's going to beat somebody we don't see them beating. We just saw ASU beat Washington. Nobody saw that coming. Stanford just beat Notre Dame. Like All these teams are jumbled together, but defense and not turning the football over is going to give you a chance to win most of those games left on your schedule. Notre Dame should have been relegated to the Pac-12 after that game. <laughs> you guys can't even beat our bottom feeder. Yeah, you can't be in the Big Ten anymore. You're out. Marshall and, and Stanford are the two teams that you know, beat Notre yeah. Dame at Notre Dame, yeah. and they are a combined 0-7 against FBS opponents this they year. They both have one FBS win, <laughs> and it is Notre Dame. It is Notre Dame. Maybe taking a coaching hire more seriously should be a, uh, a lesson here for Notre Dame. Don't just hire the in-house guy. I love how like players can always get a coach hired, I guess. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it does. And other times it's like, ooh, is this guy know what he's doing? I don't know. Uh, more on this. Oregon State controlling their destiny, where they go here in the conference. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to USC-Utah before Pate, but we'll talk about them as well. Josh Pate at the bottom of the hour. Dirt and Sprague back with more on the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I did a poll question on that, and I was being serious, even though I had a couple of responses like, really? Really? Come on. Come on, bro. Uh, is the Jack Little goal line run the most unstoppable play in all of college football? <laughs> Can you tell me a time it hasn't worked? Uh, I think they ran it in the Civil War last year and it got stuffed. That doesn't count. Oh, okay, doesn't count. Got it. Got it. One, you think. You don't know. I'm pretty sure they did. Two, Doug Van, help me out. It's 2022. Oh, yeah, Doug Van, help please me out help here. me out. Help me out here. Did that happen last year? I thought that happened last no, year. No, Jack Coletto. I'm trying to schedule something with Jack Coletto. I think I want to go to Corvallis. He's an awesome story, and seeing him score two more touchdowns was great. He's one of the best players. Yeah, I saw some of the jackhammer gear uh, guys were wearing in front of us uh, in our seats on Saturday. Yeah, so. I, I want to get I I want to get his helmet that he wore. You want a Jack Coletto signed helmet for that like that helmet though the, the Benny, Benny helmet. The Benny helmet. It, it's it's. Can I just say this very quickly without a tangent? We got Josh Pate coming up, so I want to get to him, and I want to talk about this very very quickly. 
I don't know how many programs exist in major college football. Is uh-huh. it 128 or something? 130, somewhere in there, Let's yeah. Let's call it that. In the Power Five, though, how many programs can you come up with in the Power Five whose specialty alternate logo that they once had is not even close substantially better than their current logo that they do have than Oregon State with the Benny versus this damn Nutria. There's not a lot that are jumping out of the top of my mind. It's ridiculous how much better that logo is than what they currently rock every other weekend. I think teams have had historical jerseys that are better than the ones that they wear right now, but you don't get a lot of teams that change their logo. And Oregon State changing their logo is uh, it's, it's an issue. It's a huge mistake, it's and an you issue. need to rebrand the Benny. It's not – I just it, – it pisses me off. I watched that game, and I was happy Oregon State was playing well. I also got pissed off for about five minutes because that logo looks so damn sweet. It looked great. And if we are to go to the Mountain West with our new stadium, damn it, let us have the best logo in the Mountain West, and that's Benny the damn beaver, okay? <laughs> so get back to it and figure it out, Oregon State. And that being said – uh, win loss wise, where's Oregon State uh, go from here? Because I was unsure how to feel. I felt uneasy about this. Yep. They hadn't beaten Washington State since 2013. They're five and two. They're going to move to six and two because they will beat Colorado. They'll go into the bye at six and two. Love it. Good to have you back, buddy. Hi. Good to have you back. We missed Cocky Sprague on the show the last couple of weeks. I missed him too. You know? I thought uh, about that over the weekend, and while I was there watching this and looking at their schedule, I I would start looking at flights to San Diego. Holiday Bowl. Yes. Okay. So what would that have to be? Nine and three? Uh, maybe Probably. eight and four. Well, it depends on the where. It depends on if the Pac-12 gets somebody into, gets a New Year's, the, New York into the playoff or not. So it's New York six and then New Year's six, not New York. New Year's six, Alamo, and then Holiday? Is that the order? I believe so. Right? I believe so. So you'd be third? Oh, that could be tough. I think it's, That's a tough try. I think it's number four. There's one other one up there. Oh, is there another one above it? I think so. I think we propped up the Vegas Bowl starting now, don't Did we? Did we? Okay. I, I think the Vegas Bowl is like Pac-12 SEC, and I think that's a higher consideration now. Genuinely asking, if, I don't know. So, I can't yeah, remember. If, if the Pac-12 gets somebody into the playoff, yeah, then everything gets kicked Then it's down. the fourth team. If not, then it's the third team. Well, that defense looked good. I mean, despite what Cam Ward and Wazoo's offense has struggled with, that defense continues to kind of be the backbone. I mean, you talk about turnaround stories. Trent Bray and what he has done in in less than a year with that group, I mean, their defense is carrying them. Their yeah. offense has let them down more so than it's been the defense. Even in the Utah game, uh, what, seven of those points, right, of the 42 that they scored came from a pick six? There was only one pick six, right? Uh, that game was a bludgeoning, so I'm just I'm I'm blanking. Yes, there was so. one. So 35 given up, but I mean, go back and look at the 35. It's like bad interception, defense on the field a ton. Like, yeah, there was only one pick six. Yeah. It, it just they gave them some short fields yeah. and some easy opportunities, but they only they handed yeah. them one touchdown. By the way, so it, uh, according to this random website, the Pac-12 does not have a specific set order. Bowl matchups are based on best possible games and geography. So the bowl game picks the team. What's the holiday matchup? Is it you and it's a? It's ACC. How much ACC, fun would Oregon yeah. State Wake Forest be in oh. San Diego? <laughs> yeah, so you got the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, the Vegas Bowl, the Sun Bowl, and the Alamo Just Bowl. Just don't send them to El Paso. Don't send them to El Paso. That would be horrible. That's a punishment. That is a punishment. That's a punishment. I don't care about TV viewership numbers. Get it to San Diego. 
and I would really have to beg and plead with my wife to let us go down for that game. Yeah, it'll be December 28th, so it's right smack dab oh in between God. Christmas and New Year's. So here's, here's what I'll say about where Oregon State goes from here. They're, they're, I think they reminded everybody defensively, like, this is a damn good team. dude. They bottled up Caleb Williams and held him to 17 points and probably should have been less than that because their defense had to go out on the field after four interceptions and Chance Nolan did nothing to help them out. You got an easy layup this weekend, which is great. You always want that after a couple of big emotional wins, which they've had the last couple of weeks. You take care of business, you get to six and two. I still don't really know what to make of Washington, and you got to go on the road to Seattle. And the one thing that we have learned about Oregon State, for whatever reason, it's, and I think this isn't just an Oregon State thing. I think this is a college football wide thing. This is thing. a college football like, thing. Like, it's just harder to win on the road. You're Traveling. going on the road to Seattle in a tough place to play. Washington's feeling a little bit better about themselves. Like, that is far away from a gimme. And I think the same thing honestly exists at the end of the season when you go to Arizona State. Like, I think it, it, the roles can reverse. When Arizona State comes to Corvallis at the end of November, which happens, it seems like, every couple of years, I always feel like it's a guaranteed win for Oregon State. ASU doesn't have a lot to play for at that time of the year. They're living in Tempe, Arizona, where the weather's perfect, and they're coming up to Corvallis to play in a sleepy little town where it's like 42 degrees. They don't want to be there. They want nothing with that game and that cold weather, and they always lose. And I think the same thing could be true this year with Oregon State going down to ASU. Those are going to be tough games, and Oregon's going to be a tough game. I think your realization of... What was a good season for OSU was right in front of you. And I think the, the, the bar that I set for, hey, take another step in the right direction, was getting to 8-4. and four. And you now have a chance if you can finish the rest of the season 3-2, and two, which I think is absolutely doable for OSU. You go 8-4 and four this year, and you're feeling great about the direction you're going. They haven't won in Tempe since 09. It's been a long time. It's been, it's been a long time, and I think I'm with you. The college thing is, is always weird. I... I don't even know how much of like that was just emotional showing up and playing your best absolute game against Washington versus what is ASU the rest of the way, right? So it's yeah. like it's always tough to play the schedule game. Again, it gets you in trouble all the time. But if that defense continues to play the way they did and bottled up Cam Ward and that Washington State offense, the quarterback thing, I'm still super shaky on that. I didn't see a whole lot that leaves me all that encouraged. Like, yeah, but if they can get 200 yards out of the rushing game consistently. Well, that's, that's the big thing for them. If they can run the football and we know that's the identity they want, then, yeah, they, they, can, they could beat a lot of these teams on their schedule and maybe go into that Oregon-Oregon State game with a 9-3 and three opportunity. There's no doubt that that is a possibility, but Seattle's been a house of horrors for them. Tempe had to have one since 09, and I, I still don't feel great about the, the quarterback spot. Now, maybe Chance comes back. And I, I didn't see anything from Google Branson that goes, oh, well, you can't have Chance Nolan start. Start Chance Nolan. He throws a pick, instantly move him to the bench. I'm not playing that game anymore. Even one interception, he should be benched. But that is still a shaky spot for me. Even the touchdown he threw, he wasn't aiming. He was aiming for a different receiver, and, and Gold came up and just snagged it out of the air. That's a hell of a catch. To me, that's a bit of a risky throw. That It's really busy over there. And so I saw a lot of people complimenting him on that. And I just, I wasn't feeling the same way. I'm still shaky at quarterback. But your run game looked good against a good rush defense and your defense played really stout football. No matter who your quarterback is, you're going to be shaky. That's, that's your reality this year. Yeah. You got to figure that out long term. That's your reality. I don't care who it is. You're not going to feel comfortable. Don't lose a game that you shouldn't lose the rest of the way. You go eight and four. Should they lose a game the rest of the way? I asked you that in serious. Oregon, yeah. Well, no, I'm, I, I, I guess I'm going into the Oregon game. It's oh. a rivalry game. Going into Oregon, do you look at the schedule and say you UW should? UW is not an inexcusable loss to me. That's not an inexcusable All loss. All the other ones would All be? All the other ones would be. Cal at home, Colorado at home, and ASU. Those would be inexcusable. Okay.
Uh, we'll have a little more on Oregon State as well, USC, Utah. But coming up next, Pac-12 Pate, Josh Pate. Late kick with Josh Pate coming to Eugene this weekend. We'll talk about UCLA, Oregon, Bama's loss to Tennessee, and landscape of college football with Josh Pate coming up next for the Daily Ticker. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents The Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Monday. Brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company, born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. And boy, oh boy, did we get some big news last night. We've been wondering, we've been waiting, and the announcement officially came that our boy Josh Pate of Late Kick Live, the Late Kick Podcast, is coming to Eugene, Oregon this weekend for Oregon and UCLA. And he joins us now on the show, Pac-12 Pate himself, at Late Kick Josh. Uh, Josh, good morning to you. First off, I, I really enjoyed the show last night. I was sitting around watching Sunday Night Football. I got the notification. It's starting. I got to tune in. And I want to get to Oregon and UCLA because I don't know your history at Odson and how many times you've been out here, but I need to start. Like that Alabama-Tennessee game is one of the greatest college football games that I have ever seen. You were on the sidelines for that. Just walk me through the emotions of everything in the day, Tennessee winning the game, carrying the goalposts of the bars and the river. Like just what was that scene like in Knoxville this weekend? I've never seen anything like it, and I'm in a big one every week. I mean, I get to here's, – here's my situation. I get to handpick where I go every week, and so – we're at a lot of big games, a lot of big environments. I've seen Bama on the road, I don't know how many dozen times. I've never heard a place like that. You know, when I was growing up, I heard stories of what Tennessee and Neyland Stadium used to be back when they were 
a national power and how loud that place could be. And I've been up there a few times, and it's been impressive. But, man, it was like a different world, like a different planet Saturday. Uh, Alabama had more penalty yardage than they did rushing yardage, and that is due in large part to the environment they played in. Also an undisciplined team right now, but make no mistake, had that game been in Tuscaloosa, I don't think you're seeing 17 penalties for 130 yards. Uh, it was hard to function. Only time I've ever considered putting earplugs in, ever, <laughs> was that, that day, Saturday. But uh, i got I got to tell you, when that game, when you get to a point, it's kind of weird when you look at crowd dynamics and crowd control. We've been on the field several times when fields get stormed. And you start to realize whether it's going to happen or whether it's not. And there was no question if they were going to hit that field goal, it, they were coming on the field. And Tennessee was ready for it. I mean, they already had backup goalposts made. So when that happened, it was like seeing someone take a bunch of TNT to a dam. And all of that pent-up rage and frustration from 15 years of not beating Alabama just came pouring out. I mean, so many folks were crying. You had 70-year-old people down there. You had 17-year-old people down there. Uh, it was an equal opportunity, euphoric moment for everyone. But one thing I did not know is how heavy those goalposts are. I watch on TV, and I see, you know, when they take them down and they just wobble to the left and right, it looks like glorified PVC pipe to me. And then when you actually touch one, you realize they're really, really thick, they're extremely heavy, and they don't give. And I, so I, I ended up pressed up against the wall with one. So I had to go with the flow. I had to go with the crowd. I had to help assist, if you will, taking those goalposts out of Neyland Stadium, <laughs> recorded it in the process, and they ended up in the river. And I didn't have an option. It may sound unprofessional, but listen, people, had I gone against the mob, the mob probably just dumps me in the river with the goalposts. So I played it smart. I played it cool. I raised my torch and my pitchfork, and I said, let's go, guys. Let's go to the river. I love Wait, that. Why did they throw them in the river? Is that like a thing in, in Tennessee? I think if you need to ask the question, you're not ready for the answer. Yeah, okay. I, I think that's, that's a fair. valid point. I okay. love that the AD already sent out a message to asking for donations for the next goalpost in unique ways that people can pay money to help them get it. Now, let me ask you this, Josh. We've got something kind of brewing on the show, a, a topic that I, I think one thing and my co-host thinks another. Where's Josh paid on this, Mr. College Football? So Bama Falls. I'd kind of like Tennessee, and then I cowered out on Friday when I heard Bryce Young was going to play. But I love that the ball stepped up and they got that win. I think college football is more open than we think. My co-host seems to believe no matter what, at the end of the day, we're getting Georgia and we're getting Alabama. Nothing has changed here. How are you viewing the college football season so far? Do you think it's more open in terms of teams that can actually compete and win the championship, maybe not the usual suspects in the playoff? Where are you at on that? I am shocked that you guys are asking me this because you know my life philosophy is do not talk playoff before Halloween. And so I'm going to venture purely into hypothetical land and borderline uncharted waters for me. I think we may still be there. I mean, we may still get to a place where it's Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or Clemson or some combination in the playoff. But to me, that's, that's possible even if the other thing is true, too. We could have a lot more balance in the sport this year than you're used to, and they still be the best teams. So the best teams always have the highest percentage chance of making it to the playoff. But there's a big difference in the gap being 14 points and the gap being six points and whatnot. So I, we've, seen, we've seen Alabama staggered. We've seen Georgia staggered. But those guys almost lost to Missouri a couple of weeks ago. So 
Ohio State struggled in week one against Notre Dame. I think Ohio State's the one that people are watching right now. Because if we see Ohio State, it seems unlikely, but if we see them stumble, even in a win, if we see them stumble, I think that will signify that the entire landscape is wide open this year and it's anybody's ball game. Now, that, that doesn't mean they're not still the favorites. But, yeah, I think that both things are true. I think you got the highest percentage chance of still seeing the same teams in there at the end of the year, but you've also got a higher percentage chance of seeing big upsets week to week. Yeah, yeah it's a good thing right now. It's a good position in the sport. Josh Pate is our guest, Late Kick Live, Late Kick Podcast. He's coming to Eugene, Oregon this weekend for Oregon and UCLA, and we're excited to host him here in the state of Oregon at Late Kick Josh on Twitter. We'll give him a follow. I, I did want to ask you about that Michigan game. I didn't really know what to make of the Wolverines. All excited to watch that one. Top 10 matchup, and... I don't, I, you know, they really hadn't beaten anybody. They're kind of going off of what they did last year, and they just, I mean, they took them behind the woodshed. That score was really misleading at the end of the first half. The numbers were dominant in favor of Michigan. Were you surprised at how one-sided that game was? Uh, very surprised, yeah. I expected Michigan to win a close game, and about the only thing I got right is Michigan won. When they got to halftime, I don't know if you guys saw that video of the little dust up in the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when they got to halftime, and it was only 16-14, to 14, and I say only very sarcastically, it was only 16 to 14. Your eyes may have looked at that scoreboard if you weren't watching the game and said, oh, look, it's a razor-type game there in Ann Arbor, and it wasn't. Michigan had an 18 to 1 first down edge at halftime. The only way that Penn State had scored was a, a really look. well, I'm not going to say lucky. It was a 62-yard run by Sean Clifford with a knee brace on. So that's great, but it was never going to happen again. They had a ball tipped up in the air 14 times and taken back to the house. So that's great, but that's never going to happen again. Nothing Penn State did in the first half was duplicable. What Michigan was doing was basically cooking them. And Penn State's all excited at halftime like the frog in the pot of boiling water because the water had only gotten warm. So they don't even know they're getting boiled to death, but they've already started to die. And then in the second half, I mean, Michigan ends up running for over 400 yards. They They had, I think, three or four guys top 60 yards on the ground. So it was a really, really thorough performance. And now... It starts to set up the hierarchy in that division over there. But the other thing is Penn State, they're going back home. they got Minnesota this Saturday night. That's the whiteout game. Mm-hmm. And then they've got Ohio State the next week. So this was the beginning of a critical three-game stretch for them. And you could see them totally out of the picture after the next 7 to 14 days. But with Michigan, I said this in August, and I'm only reaffirming my stance now. I think this team ceiling is higher than last year, and that team went to the playoffs. I think this team, even losing Aiden Hutchinson and Ojabo to the draft, they, in the aggregate, I think have fortified and upgraded their team. And I think finally you're starting to see them flex a little bit. One of the big, one of the big flaws some college football fans make is just because you hadn't played anyone, they think that's an indictment on your team. Like the Buffalo Bills could descend to the Big Ten, and I guarantee you if they played five cream puffs the first five weeks, no matter that your eyeballs told you, wow, that's an actual NFL team playing college football, some dude in the comments section would say, well, they hadn't played anyone. It's like, you can play who's on your schedule, man. Good. You can be a very good team and also have not played anyone yet. So I think that's what Michigan was until last week. All right, look, you're coming to Eugene this week. This is a big moment for us on the West Coast. We don't get people like you to come out here very often. Game day is going to be here as well. So it's a big, big game. I, I, I guess I'd ask you on this Monday – uh, one, I am curious, what day are you actually going to be in town, in Eugene, doing the show, getting ready, seeing the environment? And then also, what's your Monday read on UCLA, Oregon? This spread is six. I'm confused by that. What's your read on the matchup? Well, first off, in 30 seconds, why does it confuse you? 
Um, because I think UCLA is a, a pretty good football team. They got similar a, to Michigan. They got similar that. to Michigan. Everybody said they didn't play anybody, and then they played two teams and they beat them both. And, and they be, and they played really well. And so now, yeah, Autzen is a. It's. I think you're going to discover it's one of the loudest environments you've ever been in. It's a great stadium. It's a great venue. But you know, Chip Kelly's got a team of just experience. You got Bobo out there. You got Charbonneau. You got DTR. I mean, this team's not coming in wide-eyed freshmen. This is an experienced team that's played in Eugene before. And I just, it kind of feels like a field goal game. Maybe I'll be wrong on that, but that's why. Okay, I agree with that. So whatever value you give home field advantage, that's what I would make the line on this game. So I would say three and a half or four, because uh, that's what an odds maker would claim the value of Austin Stadium is. And then I would hear a bunch of Duck fans disagree with that, and that's great. That's college football. So we're going to get out there. We're going to do the show in Nashville Thursday night, and then I'll fly out Friday morning. Should be there midday to do some live hits for CBS. I've never been out there before. I've never been to the state of Oregon before. Pathetic though that may be, I've never been out there before. So I'm very much looking forward to this. And I also think that, you know, when you talk about home field, usually the kind of folks who handle the road the best are the more veteran-type players. Uh, DTR is one of those, obviously. You mentioned Charbonnet. But also, I think that it's really interesting when you get to see a veteran coach like Chip Kelly against a rookie coach like Dan Lanning. And the rookie coach happens to be the one that the odds say should be favored. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. That's always a fun dynamic, to be able to watch an opposing coach with all these years under his belt sell his team on the fact that we're going on the road, backs against the wall, us against the world, they don't think we can win. I mean, especially with 18- to 22-year-olds, that stuff matters more so than it does in the pros. I think it's going to be an excellent game. I would be very surprised if that's some 17- to 20-point margin either way. Mm. Well, I, I know I'm breaking out the uh, the white shirt to wear for the pregame show Saturday down at Odson <laughs> yeah. so I can get a photo with Josh Bate rocking my white T-shirt. <laughs> we'll do the pregame show down there, so I'll see it. Now, you got a bit of a beef with college game day, don't you? Isn't like they won't let your signs up or something like that? Well, here's the problem, okay? <laughs> so, last year, our fans started inundating college game day with Pate State signs and late yeah. kick signs in the background. And so they issued a ban. They dropped the ban hammer on us, and I get it. But then... I started getting my phone blown up a couple days ago. It seems that game day had used one of my clips on the broadcast. Ooh. And so it's, hmm. it's complicated. It's like that relationship where you keep seeing the text bubbles, but then she backspaces, and I don't know where we stand right now. <laughs> it's complicated as your relationship status with college game day. That's a great place to be, is it not? It's complicated. I, it's a place to be. I don't know if it's great, but it's a place oh, to be. Man, I love it. Well, I don't know if you're into beer. I don't know if you're into weed, but we got them both, and they're great in the state of Oregon. And so we can't wait. I, the, the fact that this is your first trip out, I know it was music to the ears of Pac-12 fans that they want Pac-12 paid to be a thing. And you've trademarked it now. It's officially a yep. thing. You're on your way to the West Coast. And so we're excited to host you in the state. It should be a great game. 12:30 kick. Otson's going to be rocking. The weather's going to be great. Look forward to meeting you down there. And thanks, as always, uh, for hopping on the show and continued success, man. We always enjoy the conversation. I appreciate it, guys. Can't wait to get out there. There you go. Josh Pate. Great stuff from him of the Late Kick Podcast and Late Kick Live. He's coming out, baby. Here we go. Yeah, I mean. It's happening. I, I told him last week. He, I texted him to see if he was available and then I was kind of like, well, Oregon UCLA is coming up. And I texted him, and he said, well, I'm at the airport. And I said, okay. And I said, well, then I'll reach out next week when, uh, when you come to Eugene. And he just responded with some emoji, some, like, wide-eyed emoji, like, oh. Oh. And I, you look at the schedule. You got Oklahoma State, or you got a, uh, who is it? It's a, there's a Big 12 game. I'm blanking on who it is. Uh, I think it's Oklahoma State. Yeah. And that's a, that's a pretty damn good game. 
this is the best game of the weekend. It's it's not even close. It's, it's Monday. It's matchup, man. But this is the best game of the weekend, and I, I'll say it again. I don't get it, but I might bet Oregon minus a six because when Vegas gives me a number I don't get. That line's fishy. It's a fishy line. There's something weird there. Like, is Oregon going to be up three and somehow DTR fumbles, scoop and score, boom, Oregon's up ten, UCLA doesn't score again, Oregon wins by ten. It's possible. But it's a weird number because UCLA has a ton of experience. DTR's played here before. Chip Kelly's making like his third return back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I saw that line. I thought that was a bit high. Uh, we got. I want to get into the Utah USC game coming up top of the hour because that was a great game and USC fans are all butthurt today. So we'll talk about that. We got a poll question up on Oregon State. We'll dive back into them and some notes on the baseball playoffs as they continue. And we have one more game in the division around before we go to uh, the championship series. Let's dive though briefly into. We haven't talked a lot about that Alabama Tennessee game and just the outcome, the scene as we we heard from Pate there. He was on the sideline. That was one of the crazier scenes I've ever seen. Um, what do we make of Tennessee winning that game? Where are, where are the volunteers going this year? We'll dive into that matchup, and that is coming up next on the. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Pour the milk. Looks like me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Jab. Part of a nutritious breakfast. Hamburgers. Hamburgers. The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. It's time for the morning crunch. A look at the tastiest topics in sports. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. As low as $9.95 per month. No hassle, no pressure, no gimmicks, and no judgments. Hey, morning, Crunch. Brought to you in the fan by our good friends at Crunch Fitness. As low as $9.99 a month locations in Beaverton, Aloha, Division Center, and Vancouver. Go check them out, crunch.com. I'll be out at the Glorious House again today after the show. Uh, Alabama, Tennessee, boy, oh, boy, did that live up to the hype. You had a combined 101 points, over 1,100 total yards of offense, both teams. Alabama had 569 total yards. Tennessee had 567 total yards. Hendon Hooker threw for 385 and five touchdowns. Jeez. Bryce Young threw for 455 in two touchdowns. And Tennessee kicked a game-winning field goal to win 52-49. Uh, to 49. I, That game, you know, it's funny when you when you have ebbs and flows like that game had. I had, I don't know about you, because you went back and forth. And Tennessee jumped out all over them. And you, I think you were probably kicking yourself if I should have stayed committed to that pick. I should have. I liked you it all week. You liked I, it all week. I should have stayed committed, and I deserved everything I got. Two games I liked all week. Yeah. Seattle getting points at home to Arizona. You bet it. And Tennessee getting points to Alabama. And I, I, I backed out because I'm a coward. You got to trust your gut. That's the lesson of the week. It was, I did have that, that dreadful feeling of Alabama's going to find a way to win this game, aren't they? Like they they're they're going to find a way. Yeah. And then when, when Tennessee fumbled that exchange, we Hooker and the running back dropped it. And Alabama had the easy scoop and score oh, to make it 49-42. You just thought, oh, 
There it is. There it is. Yeah. You had your chance. Yeah, it was just like Texas. You had them on the doorstep. You were just trying to slam the door shut. You couldn't do it. You left it open. Alabama ran through it, and I thought that they were going to find a way to win, and thank God they did. The insanity about that game, not only did they go up on that scoop and score, I think it was the next possession, Hooker threw the pick, and the guy took it all the way to Tennessee's, like, 15-yard line. And so after that, and then the flag came late. You didn't see it was the flag. a late flag. But yeah. like when he returned it, you went, "Oh my God, this game's over. They're gonna win, and they're gonna cover and the number." Cover. Yeah. And then the flag came in. Pi, they call it back. Tennessee's ball. They end up tying the game, and they get the go ahead. Mental note of that, by the way, there was some yeah. horrific officiating in that game. Oh, 100%. we're gonna get to a segment coming up here in five yeah. minutes, and we're gonna talk about officiating. I just want to know there was horrible officiating in that Alabama Tennessee game. Look, officiating, and, and we're gonna argue about the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has awful refs. You know what? Everybody does. Even yes. the NFL is dealing with this. Thank you. There is bad officiating all over pro and college, and I would assume lower-level college and even high school football. It is a bit of a problem right now. It's a tough thing for that sport as the officiating tends to get in the way from time to time. That being said, I got, a, I got one beef. Okay, what's your beef? Did you watch this game live or delayed? Because I know you I were watched bed. it live. I okay. watched this one live. Now, did you watch it with volume up or muted? Volume up. Okay, I watch this with surround sound, okay. and I want anybody else to tell me if I only maybe my thing was screwed up. I thought CBS muted the audience a little bit, muted the crowd, the in-stadium volume. Interesting. I didn't really make note of that. Tennessee scored two touchdowns at different points of that game, and that place had 108,000 people rocking. There is no way. It wasn't louder than the Seahawks stadium was yesterday because I watched the NFL. And it sounded a lot louder. And, man, Philly Stadium, Atlanta, Seattle, those stadiums were coming in hot. And I felt like CBS had muted the Tennessee crowd because it was too hot. Hell, Utah, USC, the camera was shaking yeah, at Rice-Eccles. At the end of the game. And that's a great crowd. I'm not even slighting them. But you can't tell me 108,000 people in a stadium with Alabama on the line to lose is not shaking the camera and or loud on my television. Interesting observation. It's random. has nothing to do with the game itself. But I thought, we deserved a little louder of a crowd. I wanted to not hear anybody on that broadcast. That's how loud I think it really was. Well, and you know it was because we just heard from Pate, who said he's been to every state. I mean, he hasn't been to Odson, but every big game over the last how many years in college football, and that's the loudest stadium he's ever heard. Good for Tennessee, though. I, I uh, Speaking aloud, I, I, <laughs> I maintain the opinion. Kevin Clark tweeted this out. I, I can't quantify it, but when the Jets are good, it does make the NFL a little exciting. It's an irrelevant franchise that deserves nothing, and they have the loudest fan base ever of like, yo, respect us. J-E-T-S. J-E-T-S. And I kind of like it. I agree with that. I will say the same thing about this. Tennessee being good in college football, it feels good. Yeah. It feels normal for me. I'm a Peyton Manning, you know, T. Martin, peerless, peerless price guy. Like, I'm, I'm right in that sweet spot age-wise. Having Tennessee be back, be relevant, and be really stinking good – and play that style of football? Trifecta. And I'm glad they beat Bama, and I'm glad they threw the goalpost in the river. <laughs> I still don't get why they threw it in the river, but it was hilarious. They carried him out of the I'm stadium. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia There's got to be a story for it, I'm sure. Hedden Hooker is your Heisman frontrunner. He was amazing this weekend. Tennessee. I'm not even sure he's the best player on his team. I don't know. Yeah, he had a wide receiver with six catches and five touchdowns, and Jalen Hyatt. It was That was a wild game. One of the best games that I have ever seen. In college football, and it lived up to the hype. Alabama goes down. And now we see if anybody can deliver the death blow to Alabama. Somebody else has to beat them. 
to knock him out, and time will tell if that can happen. Congratulations to Tennessee. Lots to get to in the final hour. I want to start, though, in the Pac-12. USC and Utah. USC fans are crying bloody murder. Utah's back into the race for the Pac-12. What do we make of the Utes' big win over the Trojans? That is where we'll start the final hour next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.